Church, our worship prepares a place of meeting with God, a place for us to experience His nearness and grasp His welcome, to join Him as He works within the church and our lives. Let us now together declare, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple, for He will conceal me there when trouble comes. He will hide me in His sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At His sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy singing and praising the Lord with music. Psalm 27, verse 1 to 6. Good morning, UCP. It's a great day and a wonderful time to worship with you all this morning. Some of us may have, have had a wonderful week, or some of us may have had a difficult time this week, or maybe a battle that we're still facing. But let us remember that we are not alone. God is with us, and we can hold on to His promises. So, shall we all rise? Let's sing praises to him and lift up our voices. And I 
struggles, our problems, our sickness has already been defeated because we have Christ who is fighting for us and with us. God is fighting for us, pushing Turn back 
because out of all creation, Lord, you have given us this voice, the voice, the capacity to sing. Lord, we know that we are all sinners here. We know that sometimes we, we don't reach your expectation on us. Lord, may you forgive us. But Lord, despite all this, you have given us the chance and the privilege to worship you. So, Lord, as we continue to sing for you this morning, may our voices be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
thousand hallelujahs and a thousand more for if God is for us who can be against us you who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will you not also with him graciously give us all things who shall bring any charge against God's elect it is God, it is you who satisfies. It is you who justifies. Who is there to condemn us? Christ Jesus, our Lord, is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Never. For in all these things we are more than conquerors through you who loved us. For we are sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, 
nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, Lord, help us not to be overwhelmed with our troubles, with the challenges of this world. Help us not to be overwhelmed by focusing on how big our problems are or how small, weak, and incapable we are. But instead, fix our eyes on you. Help us to see how big how strong a God we have in you. Therefore, we do not need to be afraid for you fight for us. Indeed, in this world, we will have many troubles and tribulations. But Lord, we will not fret. For behold, Our Lord Jesus has overcome the world. Therefore, we lift all our troubles to you. We pray and entrust to you all of our needs. We pray for those who are in need, who are struggling financially. Father, we pray that you will prove to them that you are the God who provides. We pray for those who are sick among us here and in the hospitals or in their homes, mild or severe. We pray for your healing hand upon them. And we pray also for your hope and assurance that once we are in you, we will never die, but we will have a new body after this or when Jesus Christ comes back again. Father, we pray for comfort for those who are brokenhearted, for those who are struggling, for those with many questions. Father, we pray that at the end of the day, may you help them to feel your presence with them and comfort them. O Lord, indeed, we lift up all our troubles unto you. Lord, we also want to lift up to you our barangay elections tomorrow. Lord, we pray for an orderly election. And we pray, Lord, that you be the one to put the right people in office. May you instill in their hearts the fear of the Lord so that they might lead and manage every barangay according to your will. Lord, we pray for peace in Israel. We pray, Lord, that by your mercy and power, you will stop the violence and killing. I pray, Lord, that you will protect the innocent, bring the guilty to justice, restore peace in the land for both the Palestinians and the Jews who are living there, for all people who are living there. Help them to see that the true king 
of the land has come and their true Savior is calling them back to you. We pray that indeed they might find Jesus and receive him in their life even in this time of conflict. Lord, we just want to also pray for all of us here today that as we come to you in worship, you will send your spirit to work in each and every one of us. That as we listen to your word, we will be transformed. We pray for your servant, Pastor Johnson, as he will be speaking your word. May your spirit empower him, embolden him, give him clarity as he preaches your word. So as we listen, we will understand and we will be transformed in the likeness of your son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Through his name we are gathered here. Through his name we offer up all this prayer. Now church, let us pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. amen and amen. Let's give our God a big round of applause for indeed he deserves a thousand hallelujahs and more. Shall we take our seats? Right now we will have our children baptism. We praise God for this parents who will bring their children today before us for water baptism. Why do we baptize? We baptize because we are commanded by our Lord Jesus to do so. It is a vital first step to our discipleship. It is a symbol that reminds us that we are in a new covenant with God through the work of his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross, which we enter by grace through faith. Just as the Lord commanded Abraham to circumcise himself and the male members of his household as a symbol to continually remind him and his whole household of the covenant God made with them, so God calls us for baptism to remind ourselves that we are in a new covenant with him through Jesus Christ. And as baptized followers of Christ, we also let our children receive baptism as well as a vital first step in discipling them in following Christ as early as infancy. It is a symbol to remind us as Christian parents that we are in a covenant with God through Jesus Christ and so we have a responsibility to disciple our children to follow Christ as well. And as they grow in faith and maturity, we let them know that they have this rich inheritance in this same covenant, symbolized through their baptism, if they 
choose to continue to follow Christ as his Lord and Savior, even as they grow up. And by then, they can confirm their baptism when they come of age through confirmation. Now, I will be asking uh, the parents a few questions in the presence of, their, of the church as an acknowledgement of their responsibility as Christian parents to disciple their children to be followers of Christ. Parents, please answer yes if you agree. Do you acknowledge that your child is a gift of God and accept the responsibility to instruct and guide them to one day become a child of God, teaching them foundational truth about the faith? Will you, in the strength that God supplies, serve Him, do good, and be a role model for your child of obedience to the Scriptures and developing the habit of prayer? Will you, when the child has reached sufficient age, help them prepare to receive confirmation and the Holy Communion as members of the church? Now you will baptize the children. Shall we all rise and pray for these children? Father, we thank you for this gift of baptism, a symbol that reminds us that we are your children under the new covenant through the blood and sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for these children, three children who were baptized today. I pray that indeed they will grow up in favor of the Lord and may they grow up knowing Jesus and how much 
they are loved by Him and by you. I pray, Lord, that this baptism stand as a symbol to remind them that they are followers of Christ and to remind us as a church that this work of discipling children is our job, our responsibility as Christian parents, and our responsibility as the church. Father, I pray that indeed this baptism will not just be a day, but it will be a symbol to remember your faithfulness, that you will be faithful to them now and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Shall we all welcome them into the family of God, church? You may take your seats. Let us hear the word of God from the book of Numbers, chapter 13, verses 7 to 20 and 25 to 33. That's Numbers, chapter 13, verses 17 to 20 and 25 to 33. Uh, may I request everyone to stand up for the reading of God's word. Verse 17. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up into the Negev, and go up into the hill country, and see what the land is, and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is in good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. Verse 25. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they, became, and they came to Moses and Aaron and all to the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, we, come, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and are very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let's go up at, at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the son of Anak, who came from the Nephilim, and we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seem to them. 
May God bless the reading of His Word. Uh, may you all take your seats. Let us now give our full attention to Pastor Jansen Wong as he delivers the message from the Book of Numbers. Yeah. A blessed Sunday to everyone. Good morning and it's a pleasure for me to be here for the opportunity to share God's Word with you this morning. And we will continue to look in the book of Numbers. In the first 10 chapters of Numbers, everything is doing well for the Israelites. Why? Because they did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. We can see these phrases written in Numbers 154, Numbers 234, 351, 820, and then lastly, 9 verse 5. But from chapter 11 onwards, problems started to rise from the Israelites. And we don't see these phrases anymore. They started with complaining about the food where Reverend Brian explained to us two weeks ago the difference of complaining to God versus complaining against God. Then last week, we saw Moses opposed by his own siblings. Today, we will again investigate another problem. But unlike those previous problems, that the Israelites encountered, this one should not have been a problem. Why? Because it was the Lord Himself who commanded them to do so. Today's story is quite familiar to many of us. Finally, after so much waiting, a lot of adventures, it was now time to spy out the land of Canaan. So take note, this is just spying not just entering yet. And this land is not just any kind of land, but it was the land promised by God to be given to them. That is why it is called the promised land. And you know, as early as the book of Genesis chapter 17, verse 8, this promise has already been given to Abraham. And then many years passed, Israelites went to Egypt, not because they feel like to, but because of a severe famine. Their populations multiplied, but on the other hand, they became slave to Egypt. And then here came Moses. Do you know when did God reveal to Moses about this promised land. It's obvious that hindi sila nag-abot ni Abraham, right? But you know, it was the first encounter of God with Moses at the burning bush. Imagine the scene, no? Very dramatic. But God here introduced Himself to Moses and told him that He is going to use Moses to bring the Israelites out of Egypt and then here 
in the promised land. The title of my message this morning is In God's Presence. In terms of God's presence, no doubt that it was the group of Israelites who have experienced God's presence the longest. In fact, there was a cloud that covered the tabernacle at that time that symbolizes God's presence among them. And in the night, it says that it has an appearance of like a fire. Today, God's presence in us remain the same. But though it is without the cloud that covered the tabernacle, we can come to God anytime and anywhere. In our passage today, there are two crucial things that we need to learn about God's presence. And the first is this. In God's presence, it is crucial to know God's command. In God's presence, it is crucial to know God's command. Our passage today started with the Lord Himself speaking to Moses. It means it was the Lord's initiative. No one reminded God of His promises, not even the leader Moses. In God's word to Moses, we see the command and then immediately the outcome. Look at verse 1. Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people. There is already a hint or what we say a clue that God gave them that this journey is going to be successful. Though it is not needed for God, for God have never failed them once in the past. Even up to today and even tomorrow, God will never fail. And then the people selected here to spy out the land are all chief. They could be the best among their tribes. Among the twelve, we are familiar with two characters here, which is Caleb and C. Joshua. Now, when it comes to instruction, God instructs them specifically. Now, they said, not they, but God said, for the land, they need to check if it is good or bad. Whether it is rich or poor, or may puno ba or wala. And then for the people, they need to check if they are strong or weak, whether it is few or many. And la not last, but for the cities, they need to check whether are there in camps or strongholds. And lastly, God also commanded them not to forget to bring some fruits coming from the land. So let me fast forward a little bit. The entire journey took them 40 days. You know, scholars said that the distance of this travel was about 805 kilometers round trip. No, hindi siya one way round trip. So to put perspective, it is like going back and forth from Bigan to Manila if you're going to the north. And it is like going to Bicol to Manila back and forth if you're going to the south. So it's a far journey. 
And what was the report from that journey? Everything is good except for the people and the cities. The people were strong. And not only were they strong, there were also giants, the descendants of Anak. The cities are fortified, meaning it is harder to conquer. If I may summarize the report, the report will look like this. The land is okay, but the people and cities are an obstacle. And since those who were sent were leaders, 10 out of 12 gave a bad report to the entire congregation, influencing them negatively. Only Joshua, Caleb, Moses, Aaron viewed the land of Canaan as positive. You see, God did not send the Israelites here because He did not know what is in the land. He is all-knowing. The reports that were given by the spies were probably true in a sense that there is no lies and there is also no fabrication of the reports. But God sent them to spy because God wants them to witness how He will deliver the enemies into their hands. But sadly, the people of God, the Israelites, at this time is not ready. The Bible told us that once again, these people would prefer to go to Egypt. And we learned two weeks ago that it is a rebellion or complaining against God. Things become worse this time they also would want another leader. Ayaw na nila kay Moses. And just last week, we saw in Numbers 12 that the passage described Moses as a meek person. In other words, he is humble. Ay, humble, common naman yan dito eh. No? But no, the Bible described Moses as more than humble of all the people in the face of the earth. And isa pa, they were willing to go to that extent of stoning itong apat. What can we learn here? When God commands us something, He will enable you to be successful. When did God promise you something that He failed to keep? Kailan po ba nangako ang Diyos na ito ay napako? The answer is none. So when you are faced with an opposition today of following God's command, just like the Israelites did, we must learn to ask God what to do. Lord, ano bang gagawin ko? instead of making a decision that we might regret in the end. In other words, we must, now, we must not go beyond 
or in advance of the commandment of the Lord. We also cannot be too slow that God wants us to do something right now and then we delay it. If only the Israelites follow God, the narrative of the story could have been different. Let me ask you, how many of God's promises in your life that you could have experienced if only you choose to trust God rather than fearing the problems na nakikita mo ahead? The next time that God commands you something, make sure of this, that you trust Him and to always consult Him what to do. I think it's not difficult to ask the Lord what to do, right? Remember, God does not tell us everything, but He follows His own timing and His will to reveal things to us. Now, what area of your life today is really directed by God? Probably your daily routines. May basbas ben ni Lord. Your future plans. Do you consult God about this? Or the very least I could say is that are you following the biblical principles in the Word of God? Or maybe your life today is just fully directed by you. I encourage all of us today to realign every area of our lives to God's command. For if it is God's command, then it will surely be successful. First point, in God's presence, it is crucial to know God's command. But there is another thing that is crucial which majority of the Israelites fail to have. It is crucial to have a godly perspective in God's presence. The Israelites all came from the same background, from Egypt to the parting of the Red Sea. Going to this chapter right now, they witness God's miracle. They receive God's blessing. But why among the twelve, only two, which is Joshua and Caleb, see things differently? The answer, my friends, is that they have a godly perspective. For these two, the land is an exceedingly good land. They knew that the possession of the land does not depend on their own strength, but on whom the Lord wants to give. Both of them look at the enemies as bread for them. So, tinapay or pagkain. And you know, I used to play computer games in computer shops. And when you hear players saying na, my food, da? and you are the food here, it means they will hunt you down and you are in big trouble. And that is how Joshua and Caleb look at the giants. And then, how does the ten spies look at the enemies? We can see that in verse 33. 
Sabi po dyan, they look at themselves as grasshoppers to the giants. My friends, this is not a godly perspective as God Himself is not in the picture. If only they see themselves as grasshoppers, but with God, who is all-powerful, their reports could have been different. We see also that the 12 spies here are all leaders with the same exposure, but with different perspectives. Now, in terms of perspective, there, are, there is three perspectives, I believe. Godly perspective, positive perspective, and there is a negative perspective. As a Christian, I hope that all of us today will not settle less than living a godly perspective, not only during Sundays, but every day of our lives. And do you know that only Christians have godly perspective? Perspective is the way how we see things. One can view life in general as good. Another can look at life in general as bad. Same object, but viewed in different perspectives creates different responses. Positive perspective and negative perspective uh, are easily identified. But how about godly perspective with that of a positive perspective? Is it the same? For me, it's not. Godly perspective always include God in the picture of what God can do. And I would go to the extreme to say that I believe godly perspective never fails. For our God Himself never fails. If it fails, then it is not a godly perspective. Example of a perspective that I can think of is going to full-time serving the Lord. By default, many people would just go to secular after graduation unless God called him, call them to full-time. I'm thinking, why can't it be the other way around? That instead, people would go full-time serving the Lord unless God would call them to the secular world. What I share is just one of the many perspectives that I believe is not wrong, but I wonder what impact could it make to our time today. I understand that living a godly perspective is also not easy. As you see immediately in our passage in Numbers 14 verse, 12, verse 10, sorry, just after Joshua explained what is his view? The people wanted to stone them with stones. But you know, in times like this, you must be strong. Not all people is going to understand you. And some would go to the extent of calling you crazy. 
But if you are living with a godly perspective and following God's commandment, God will surely be with each one of us. Fast forward, because of this incident, only Joshua and Caleb were allowed to enter the promised land. The rest of the people from 20 years old upward who have grumbled against God will die. And also those who have witnessed God's sign in Egypt, meaning to say these are those elderly people. And the Bible also told us that those who have put to test God for 10 times shall not enter. Let me show you the list of uh, the, the 10 times that the Israelite put God to the test. It started with their lacking of faith before they crossed the Red Sea. After they have crossed the Red Sea, they complained right now about the bitter water. And then it followed with the complaining in the desert of sin. So of course, they are not in their territory. The next complaining has to do with their food. The Lord instructed them to collect a specific amount of food, and yet they disobeyed. It came to a point that they even tried to collect on a Sabbath, which the Lord clearly forbid. And, then, and fast forward to, our, to the Numbers chapter 14, they failed to trust God, and therefore they were not able to enter the promised land. I understand that there are those who remain alive, and they will get to enter the promised land. But you know, they also get to wander into the desert for 40 years. In other words, kasama rin sila sa consequences. And why 40 years? It is according to the days that they spied the land. The penalty is a year for each day. So 40 days equals 40 years. In God's presence, it is also difficult to just know God's commandment without having a godly perspective. If you knew the Bible, most, if not all, I believe, requires us to depend on God. In my observation, many people today miss living life with a godly perspective. They say they believe God, but act like God does not exist. How about this? I want all of us to think of this. What will your life be if you start living with a godly perspective in everything? How many of your problems could have been solved or turn to opportunity to minister Christ or to share Christ if you carry a godly perspective. And this is the change that we can do it right now. For it lies in our decision to live with this kind of perspective. I think today's message is also a wake-up call to all of us to start focusing on God Himself. Not just His blessing, but with God Himself. Carry a godly perspective with you wherever you go 
and live your life, that God's presence in your life is more than enough. You do not need to wait for another blessing. For the greatest blessing, the God's presence, is already with you. It takes spiritual maturity to have godly perspective. And of course, trust in the Lord. It requires us to spend time with God's Word and as well as learning from other people. Young or old, rich or poor, healthy or unhealthy, whether you are work from home or work on site, a pastor or a lay leader, so long as you are a Christian, you can live your life with a godly perspective. And you know what is the greatest hindrance to live with this kind of life? It is our own self, not our neighbors, not our spouse, not even our children, but it is our very self. The constant battle that the enemy is going to feed your mind. The enemy will say, you can't do it. You better be safe than to be sorry in the end. For selected people lang yan. And another is, iba-iba naman tayo ng sitwasyon eh. But friends, let me tell you right now that those are lies. It limits you and I to see the great things that our Lord can do in our lives. The easiest way to determine whether you are living a godly life or godly perspective is during tough times. Just like in our story today, is your response to the tough times of your life truly displaying trust in the Lord or just trust in yourself? It cannot be uh, trust in the Lord, pero slight lang. But it must be all out. Godly perspective makes us see beyond human perspective. And that is what makes all the difference. If you are just living with a human perspective in this world, it will be so difficult. You will reach to a point that you will lose hope and just give up. It is only with godly perspective can we truly obey God in everything. Maybe some of us have been experiencing financial crisis, health issues, dead ends, or maybe relationship problems. I strongly urge you right now to change your perspective and apply what we learned today and see how God works instead of just you working alone. Earlier this year, me and a co-pastor uh, visited a pastor in Metropolitan Hospital. He is a pastor of an independent church. And at that time, he was so weak, suffering from lung cancer. We went and prayed with the couple as usual. But just as we are about to leave, 
the pastor who is at the very weak stopped us and said that they as a couple make it their practice to pray for every visitor who visited them. Though that pastor at that time was so weak, he asked for our prayer concerns and his wife prayed for us. What they did was so powerful to me. In fact, naluha ako nung pinagpray ako eh. Hindi pala ako, kami, dalawa kami, sorry. The pastor went home with the Lord. But you know, it was my first time that I experienced a sick patient praying for his visitor. So their perspective about prayer make them act like that. According to scholars, the majority of the Lord's apostle suffered a brutal death except for the apostle John. And you know how to prevent this brutal death. They just need to renounce their faith or be quiet about it. The perspective that they carry here is not just positive perspective but it is a godly perspective, a perspective that is so powerful that enable them to face death head on. Second Peter 1 verse 3 says this, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. We see God's divine power all over the Scripture. And if we know that, it means you can live our lives with a godly perspective at all times. Now, what could have happened, you might ask me, if we fail to know God's command and have no godly perspective? Well, the ten spies of Israel died before the Lord with the plague. It means it's not a simple death. But how about the Israelites? Since the Israelites failed this test, God commanded them in chapter 14, verse 25, to go back to the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Parang galing na kami dun ah. Pero dahil matigas ang ulo, God commanded them to go back. Of course, Israel, Israelites mourn greatly they realized they sinned, but still, they did not obey the Lord. At that time, the Ark of the Covenant was in the camp, and, and Moses as well is in the camp, hindi sila gumalaw, but still, they went to fight the Amalekites and the Canaanites, only to be defeated. Every time I read this story, I always feel sad about what happened to the Israelites. But since I talk a lot about godly perspective this morning, God allowed me to see this perspective that I did not see before. Israelites temporarily not being allowed to enter the promised land should not be viewed totally as a punishment. For in that 40 years of waiting, 
the beauty in that 40 years is that God is with them in the wilderness. I come to think, what good will it be if you enter a promised land where God is not there? You're just alone. It's nothing, and it is useless. And to see the purpose of God allowing the Israelites to wander for 40 years in the wilderness, it can be found in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Can you read it with me? Together, go. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these forty years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplined his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. Familiar verse, right? This was the verse quoted by Jesus Christ when he was tempted by Satan. And you know, God is so good. Amen. Can I hear a louder amen? Amen? Ayan, okay. The word used here, discipline, and not punishment. And I think it speaks a lot about God, whose heart is always for redemption, and whose heart is always for restoration. Remember this. In God's presence, it is crucial to know God's command and to have a godly perspective. Live by faith, by choosing to see things in godly perspective. Seek to be in God's presence more than anything. Our Savior Jesus Christ did exactly that when he was on earth. Now let me leave you with this profound quote that I heard from one of Don Sunokian preaching about Jacob wrestling with God that really impacted my life on how to desire God's presence more than anything. If you slay me, I will trust you and if you reward me, it will be your mercy. Let us pray. Almighty Father, I pray for all of us here that starting today, help us to follow all of your commandments and live a godly perspective in all areas of our lives from the time that we wake up in the morning till the time we sleep, from Mondays to Sundays. May you help us desire your presence in our life more than anything. 
And may you alone be our ultimate desire and satisfaction. We pray this only in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Shall we all rise as we sing uh, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus as a response to the message this morning?
pleasant morning to you, brothers and sisters in Christ. Today marks the 87th anniversary of the founding of our church, Evangelistic Band. For those who don't know the Evangelistic Band, may I uh, briefly introduce, let you know the function of Evangelistic Band. Evangelistic Band is basically the overseer of our gospel stations. Right now, we have three gospel stations, namely UEC Kubao, second one is UEC Baguio, the third one is UEC Olongapo. We praise the Lord that all these three gospel stations now have resident pastors. We have, been waited, we have been waiting for so long time that we will have a resident pastors for these three uh, gospel stations. And two years ago, Elder Magdalena Uy mentioned in her report that we decided to relocate the Kubao, the UEC Kubao gospel station due to insufficient parking space and an increase in the informal settlers in that area, leading to security concerns. So we thank God that last year we acquired a 440 square meter of property at 17th Avenue Cubao, number 49, 17th Avenue Cubao, which was valued at 30 million pesos. This had already been bought last year. The old church building was sold in September this year and the architectural plans for the new church building are nearing completion. And we estimate the construction and the furnishing costs to be around 60 million pesos. Currently, we are temporarily leasing the former fellowship hall of Christian Bible Church of the Philippines in Talayan for our Sunday worship services and fellowships. We hope that this new building in Cubao will be constructed and completed soon, allowing our members to worship the Lord in this new sanctuary. Secondly, the UEC Baguio Gospel Station also needs some renovation and repair. So we are planning to have it repaired and renovated due to leaks and other damages. An estimated cost of six million pesos will be needed. So we can see in the last two slides from UEC Cubao uh, and UEC Baguio, we have the two perspectives of the upcoming uh, church building. So may we ask for your prayers and support for the construction and repair of these two gospel stations. If you feel moved to donate, you can find the evangelistic band offerings in our pews and uh, we can pray about it. You can bring it home. No, you don't have to decide right now. You can bring it home, pray about it. And if you are moved to donate, you can bring the envelope with our donation back and place it in our offering boxes next week or the days to come. Or you can also donate by depositing online to this account. This is the account of the Evangelistic Band. So let us work toward the completion of God's sanctuary for His glory. Thank you. Before our announcement, I would like to take this time to 
uh, for us to give our warm welcome to our uh, friends, our seminarians from ATS. May I ask to raise your hand to be recognized? Hi. Uh, morning and welcome to UECP. And hope to see you in the next Sundays, succeeding Sundays. For our first announcement, um, how do we worship in uh, God in church every Sunday? We sing praises, we pray, we listen to God's word, and we meditate on how we should apply the message to our lives. But on another aspect of our worship is our tithes and offering. When we give, we express our obedience, thankfulness, and our trust in His provision and our joy in Him. Let us give generously and sacrificially as an act of worship. We can do this through online banking or by dropping our offerings at the, uh, at the authority boxes uh, outside the main sanctuary. Next is uh, peace to you, brothers and sisters in Christ. We are pleased to announce that our members' general assembly for the year 2023 will be held this coming November 19 from 12 p.m. noon to 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Attending the Members' General Assembly is one of our primary duties as a member of UECP. Just to share to everyone, this General Assembly uh, that we uh, pl are planning is part of a legal requirement of our church. We need to target at least bare minimum of 200 attendees. And as a member of UECP, we need to do our part. During the meeting, we will be updated with what's happening to our church and what to expect in the future. For those of us who have constructive suggestions for the improvement of our church, you may forward them to any of our pastors and elders not later than November 12, 2023. For everyone's convenience, lunch will be provided on that day from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Just have to register your name at the sanctuary lobby after the service and make sure you come and attend the General Assembly on that date. Just like the previous Assembly meetings, we have prepared simple gifts, games, and raffle prizes to make it an enjoyable fellowship to everyone. So remember the date, November 19, 2023, 12 p.m. to 3 p.m., and register immediately after the church service. Lastly, UECP has an opening for a production staff, staff specifically to do equipment maintenance and provide technical assistance during church events. For more information, please refer to the screen or contact our admin office. May we ask Reverend Brian to give us the benediction. Shall we all rise? May the love of God, our Heavenly Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Spirit be with you both now and forever. Amen and amen.
blessed week ahead.